Hey everybody, it's your friend Dave Cameo, host of Squawking Dead. Before we show this episode, I wanted to let you guys know the pretext to it. We had attempted to go live the night before to no avail. Been having some internet issues here ever since I moved to this new place. It's been kind of a struggle even just with the premieres uh, of our pre-recorded content, which we regularly do. But last night when we were trying to live stream, do a little nice little something for you guys. First of all, in order to catch up with the recording schedule, because... AMC decided to release the first two episodes of the mid-season premiere of Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 concurrently on AMC+, and it required us to assemble together really quickly to do the recording, and at the end of the day, we couldn't do it. So we wanted to actually do a live stream where you guys could participate, but three separate times during the live stream, it actually crashed on us. We cobbled together all the live footage to provide you with an episode that was worthy of your attention. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. If you like what we're doing, please, please, please give us a thumbs up, share this episode, and leave something in the comments. Let us know what you thought, because we're, we're going to be our, our worst critic for this episode. So we could really use your help in trying to spread the word, and hopefully with, any, with your support, we can do better, do more, and I uh, hope to see you in the next one. Walking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And today we are live with you to discuss our mid-season premiere of season seven of Fear of the Walking Dead titled Follow Me, the ninth episode, in case you're following. Just say, hey, and I'm your host, David Cameo. <laughs> I'm joined by Cosmo Mom Zero and I, Rachel Burt. Welcome back. And in the middle Hello. is obviously... Survivors to your member, Bridget, X Prophecy Girl on Twitter, and made my first rodeo on Instagram. Yay! Woo, you did both! Yay! Uh, yeah, why not? Why the Yay. fuck not? Your 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 <laughs> followership is skyrocketing. <laughs> I got like three eight now. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. You'll be at 50 by the end of the week. No promises. <laughs> I'm not eating any worms though, so second losers. <laughs> yeah. So just so everyone knows that it's still April. You still got time to get any one of our accounts to 2,000 followers or subscribers on YouTube on, well, let's get at least the YouTube account to 1,000 and maybe I'll do one worm. But for every account that you get to 2,000 followers, except for YouTube, 1,000, I will eat one worm, but you have to get there. We have to get there before May. That is the challenge. So it's good to be back here. It's good to be live. We haven't done this since the Madison Clark live stream and... Uh, that was episode 177. This is 187. So maybe every 10 episodes we go live. How about that? What do you guys think about that? <laughs> no, I hate this shit. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> Rachel's enjoying, has been enjoying the fact that we've been doing pre-recorded so we could step out to the bathroom. We could do all these cool things. So, <laughs> and by the way, in the chat, as you can see on the screen is, uh, Sharon D. A.K. Blazy Gardner, who, uh, you know, we, we missed today and, uh, but she has the advantage in the chat of making fun of us and making me say stupid things. Have you seen this buoy? Uh, <laughs> Dwight's fajitas. So she's she's not feeling that well. So she figured you know take a little backseat, be in the chat, and hopefully not stress her out any more than she already is. But we miss her. I guess the first thing we should say is, hey, if you like what we're doing, obviously the first thing that you can do is head over to ko-fi.com/squawkingdead. Right below me, the address is right below me. You can just follow us. 
Uh, and you'll know when we record in the future, we don't always go live. This is kind of a kind of a once in a blue moon kind of thing. But uh, when we do record, you'll be the first to know. You don't have to buy us a coffee. You don't have to join a membership tier. If you just follow us, you're in the know. And when you feel like joining in an episode discussion, you can buy us a coffee and get 30 days of access to our supporter back content. Or you can join a membership tier for as little as a dollar. And the party just keeps on rolling. You'll know when we record. You'll know when the unedited, uh, unedited episodes drop. Other things you can do are head to our merch store. We're going to have a sale all weekend for $13 t-shirts, as well as up to 35% off everything else that you can get to that merch store at squawkingdead.com. Hit the main menu on the top left and choose merch. There are always links in the description to ways of supporting us. And one of those is the merch store link. Third thing you can do is head over to Phineas Coffee, P-H-I-N-E-A-S. The link is in the description. They are top grade coffee. We love it here at the Cameo Residence. They're Coffee is top tier. We just received another brew this morning. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was very delicious. You, as a Squawking Dead fan or a listener or watcher or family, can get your first order for 10% off if you either click the link in the description or you can just type Squawking Dead, no spaces in checkout, and uh, off you go. Uh, another way of supporting us. Do you I was gone for a minute. My grandmother passed away last week, so yeah. I've had a tough, tough couple of weeks. So good to be back. With you people, and happy to talk about the next episode, I guess. Not this, not this one. <laughs> not this one. <laughs> it's, it's foreshadowing to come. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> um, but there's other things happening in your life as well, not just tragedies. Uh, you've been posting nonstop about finally your VFX makeup, and I love yes. it. So if you're interested in seeing... Rachel's growth as a VFX artist. I mean, she's been doing obviously costume makeup and all these different various oh, yeah. styles of makeup. Uh, and she's been posting it at Cosmo Mom 9 That's what we call her that on all her social media, including Facebook. Right now she's doing, she's getting to all the gore and guts and frost and, and yes. weathered skin and burns and all these and fingernails. Ugh, the fingernails gross. It's really <laughs> gross, but you should see it to believe it. It should be a warning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning all the all the gory, gutsy stuff now, and it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I've been working with like the Cottonelle Latex forever, so I'm pretty familiar with that medium. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of other cool tools out there and products out there that I that I didn't know about that I got to learn how to use, and it just makes my job so much easier. Basically, everything I've done is with paint and fake blood. So now I get to like learn how to yeah make the really realistic gross stuff like i gave myself huck scar the other day mm, and that was I saw really that. cool yeah <laughs> that was really really cool but how does it feel like finally getting into this it must feel so cool yeah i finally feel comfortable like the first eight months of school were just very stressful because i <laughs> don't typically make people pretty and that was what we did for the first eight months and i'm like can i just like give her a black eye with the you know, smoky eye. Like, no, you can't do that, Rachel. I'm like, okay. So yeah. Like pretty while they're hurt. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm, yeah, I'm definitely into that. Like one side, like really beautiful and glammed up. And then the other side's just like charred black or something. So let's talk about this episode. It, it's a very polarizing episode. I, I'm going to wager a guess and maybe you guys can fix me along the way. But uh, if you are an Alicia Clark fan, I think you might actually like this episode. I, I've seen many reactions loving the Paul character. They may like the Paul ep, uh, Paul character, but may not like this episode per se. So uh, let me get your take, Bridget, first, because, you know, we got to go sweet before we go sour. 
<laughs> okay, I mentioned this, I believe, on our last episode of the podcast is that I always try to find a silver lining in something because I just can't. It just kills me. It just kills me to be mad about it because I love this show and I I refuse to just say anything bad about the Walking Dead universe because I want it to keep going. Damn it. So, so I'll find the good. The good out here? Well, obviously... Obviously, I loved Paul. Who didn't? Uh, monsters. <laughs> Some people didn't. Only monsters. Oh. I loved the references to Scotland um, and his wife being Scottish. I liked that it was Alicia focused because we had to wait the whole first half of the season to get that last time. And so now we got it right from out the gate, which is great. I mean, it cleared up and also didn't clear up stuff about Padre. So I feel um, a little bit better about that. And she was back with the group at the end. So I had some positive things to say. Negatively, she was very sweaty the whole episode, which was weird. <laughs> you uh, have a thing against sweaty people? Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it's really gross. No, it's fine. No, Daryl Dixon's my favorite character in the Walking Dead universe. So I'm nothing against sweaty people. And he smells like, um, so... like a sewer threw up on a dog. Uh, I don't love the whole, the fever thing. And maybe it's just because I feel like it's just going on a really long time for me, but it hasn't. But I'm like, oh, dude, the fever already. <laughs> Come on, wrap it up with like the fever episodes, shit. And I'm like, oh, this fever thing again. Um, but it's only been like two episodes. So I don't know. I don't know why I'm upset about that. Oh, and you know what? And you, you know, know what? What, you know what was cleared up for me that I really appreciated? And maybe I'm just really dumb. Okay. And that's fair. I say stupid stuff all the time. But during the first part of Seven, I thought that Alicia's arm, that she had somehow healed around the bone. And this was like some sort of weird still attached bone thing. And I was like, Aww. that is so gross and weird. And like, why would they do that? And it would hurt too. Like imagine you, you tap that bone. I'm you're like, like ow. I'm oh. like, why wouldn't she cut off the bone? What the hell is wrong with her? And then, but then you remember the stubby nub. And then it was pulled off in this episode. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. I mean, if you so precious. If you rewatched Padre, though, you had all those tubes and stuff and pussy goo stripping out of the nubby nub. I was just, I know, but in my head, I was like, oh, it was still, I don't know why. It's such a dumb. (laughs) Like, I was like, whoa, that's, that's weird. Like, that's not supposed to be there. It's not like, possible either. So, like, what was I, I was like, what, is she have fevers? Because, like, her bones, like, just hanging out of her body. And she's well, just obviously waving you're it sick. around. <laughs> <laughs> you're not okay. And you're not okay in the head either. That's so. a statement. <laughs> okay. So, I'll lay off now and I'll let you guys talk about it. But I do have some, right, like, you can leave deeper... Now. <laughs> There's like an onion to peel away at. Uh, You're saying like in general with the show, with this episode? Yeah, I have some other stuff about this episode, but it's like, it's a deeper layer. So I want to kind of get rid of the surface level stuff. This is more of a feelings thing. So I'm going to start by saying I am an Alicia fan. Let's just let that simmer for a second. I remember. She's my girl. Like she's who I started fear with. Like I've, you know, been watching her, but she's just been like acting crazy lately. And I don't know if I can handle it for much longer. Like get your shit together already and also i'm with you bridget this fever bullshit has been going on way too effing long did no one tell alicia that we're all fucking infected but but we all have it but rachel she's more infected than most obviously 
<laughs> Think about it. Who has a mm. fever that long <laughs> and lives to um, tell the Alicia, tale? Alicia, apparently, because she's like doing it to herself. Because the girl never sleeps. Get some freaking sleep, and maybe your fever would come down. But every time she know. sleeps, like she gets sicker. <laughs> which I looked up. We'll get into that. There's, there's, there's something also, going on here. Okay, yeah. I also thought, and I don't know if this has been brought up already, so I apologize if this is a repeated theory, but I also thought maybe we are now finally seeing the effects of the radiated walker blood that right. fell into her mouth. Now you're getting from into it. season four, five. Five, 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 from season five. That's my only other theory Shoot. because I don't think whatever is going on is from the walker bite. Right, and if even Charity's saying she would have died from it. Charity's even saying in the chat like something I was gonna say. Anyone who has malaria, <laughs> so that was another thing that had occurred to me. Like all the still water, all the tsetse flies, all and as I've mentioned a couple of times throughout our podcasting history. Animals and everything, the animal, the fire, the insect kingdom, all those, all, everything is acting differently than it normally would. So I can just see a variant of the tsetse yeah. fly, which is where malaria comes from. It carries the malaria disease and bites you. So any still water, parasites, uh, all variety of things could be affecting Alicia right now. Mm -hmm. That Sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So, but I do hope we see an answer to this sooner rather than later because it's it's getting a little... I feel like we might, and, and I feel like we'd have to. <laughs> I absolutely love Paul as well. I, I mean, if you didn't like Paul, what kind of monster are you? Like, he's just so sweet, and I'm the maddest that he's no longer around. I'm super pissed. I'm really, really, really pissed. I think I'm the most pissed that we don't get this character anymore. The I most pissed. Paul. <laughs> yeah. Like, out of anything else in the episode, that... Like, his death pissed me off the most. Did you declare your love for him on social media? No. So, you're not the most. Oh, so it doesn't count? <laughs> doesn't count. If I don't if I don't post it, it doesn't right. count? Right. You should oh, have. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did see someone <laughs> I don't on make Twitter the that's up. like, this is a Paul Stan account. Oh, wait this second <laughs> he was on. <laughs> so you're not ready to change your username, yeah. Cosmon09. <laughs> you're, not, you're not the most pissed. <laughs> well, I'm also not the most internet-y person. That's true, so. too. That's I, make my, I make my feelings verbal, right. not digital. Even if nobody's... Well, now everybody's here to see you, so maybe they, right. will, they will see, see that you're the most... Listen Paul. to me now. Just in terms of feelings, because this is hopefully springboard to the rest of this episode, maybe frame it a little bit, because I'm going to repeat something that I've said over and over again about Alicia that I don't often get a chance to repeat, and I don't think I've repeated since maybe season five, but I was never fully an Alicia fan. Meaning, it doesn't mean I dislike her. I'm going to be honest with you. I've watched since the beginning, since it first started, live, every week. And her character at first annoyed me. Not more than Chris at first, obviously. Chris Manawa, who expired in season three, two, three, two, two. Who cares? Two. Bridget. It was in two. So, okay. Where's Rick? <laughs> where's Rick? <laughs> so so I, I, I was nonplussed about her character. As, as the... Characters peeled off, including Madison. There was like, I, that's when I started focusing on her, on her a little bit more. Close Your Eyes was a very good segue into a possible, you know, leadership mantle. She did try to attack half the group back in the first half of season four. So she <laughs> rallied the troops to attack the the new group of, of survivors. Let's say John Dory, shot John Dory, uh, was trying to shoot June. She had that leadership vibe. And we're live again. Hey, everybody. Sorry. Three times a charm, right? Where we were up to anyway is we were talking about feelings. Bridget, 
is feeling a bit uh, rudderless as far as this episode goes, right? I mean, you have a lot of questions, some answers, more questions, right? The summation. I'm optimistic, damn it. That's right. Optimistic, <laughs> damn it. Rach is kind of like, what the fuck? But okay, it's got a leash in it, maybe. It's all right. It's still optimistic, but I don't. I'm here for the ride. Yeah, exactly. Me, I'm a little bit more nuanced. I actually, I actually thought this episode was more of a masterpiece, to be honest with you. It's just like in terms of an episode unto itself, which is obviously the style that they're going for, this anthology style. Because the way they lay out this episode is the the meat of this episode is Alicia going to Arno and Arno Alicia, we don't want to join you in this war against Strand. So that's the backdrop. So that's the arc. But wh why I mention this is because this episode is really kind of like a, well, what happens along the way? In terms of filming, in terms of, in terms of like telling a story, it does go through something that's uh, kind of touching and beautiful. And we get a little bit deeper into Alicia, what Alicia is currently going through. Like, oh, it's not enough that she's sick. There's something she's like really trying to work out, like an infection, right? Something that's inside her that she needs to work out. And here is another character that's also at the same time trying to work something out that he's been avoiding this whole time. And I like that they kind of figure it out together. But what I was trying to say in the, in the previous stream, the second stream was that I was never an Alicia fan. Not really. Like not the way most people are. They're like Alicia, queen, whatever. I'm like, eh, she's kind of like, why is she a queen? IMHO, she, does, she hasn't really done anything in my opinion. I don't uh, she, do you watch the same show I do? I don't I don't think she <laughs> I like you guys have to understand. I don't think she sucks as a character. I just was never impressed as, as everybody else was. Because you guys were talking about just before we started streaming for the third time that like a lot of your biases are baked in. <laughs> you saw you saw the 100 and you walked into that. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that going on. Of course, look to Sharon's point. She painted some trees. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, if you watch the first three seasons, there's a little bit of Alicia trying to come into her own. But for the most part, like those three seasons were kind of annoying a little bit in terms of her character development. She does try to figure things out. She does try to become a person that lives in the apocalypse and try to eke something out. Fine. I'm, I'm not unimpressed by her, but I'm just like, I'm not as impressed as most people are with Alicia. Just my, my, my opinion. I've been waiting for her to do more with her character, to become kind of the thing that we kind of, it's kind of the same thing that we attribute to Daryl Dixon in a way. Like sometimes we put more onto him than his character had displayed. Like until like latter seasons where like, okay, he's, he obviously does good things. He's a great person. He, he does exhibit good things, but like as a character in terms of, I don't I just don't know what he's thinking half the time. And so we're putting feelings onto him that like are either undeserved or unexhibited, let's say. But Alicia's the same way. We're watching her try to figure this out. We're trying to figure her out. And then like, you know, we're assuming that she's a badass and she does some really badass things in, in season four. But then like Charity says, she painted some trees in season five. I think you need to be reminded that she was in high school at the beginning of the apocalypse. She, is, she was a child. So part, for me, part of her badassery was how quickly she grew up and how well she fit into the role of responsible, you know, warrior fighter. Like she, she wasn't a kid anymore. She had to grow up and she did. Right. And so, but that's, that's the thing. Like my thing is not, I have like high expectations. I don't have high expectations of Alicia. <laughs> I don't put onto her anything that hasn't been exhibited on the television show. Let's say I do applaud her for trying to adapt and I do applaud her for trying to figure things out. That's what actually makes me very, why I find her fascinating. I think she's realistic. I think everything she's been through is realistic. But like in terms of like 
characters I've ever, like classic characters like Rick, I can glom onto. She's just not like that for me, for me. But this is where the hook comes around. This is why I said, wait for it, guys, wait for it. Because mm-hmm. this episode showed me, and this is kind of like something I thought would happen. Oh, they're going to give us an answer for why we've given her a backseat, let's say. Like we put her, we put baby in the corner for a reason. It's because you've been waiting for Alicia to come into her own as a leader, but it just hasn't manifested. This episode shows me that, that that's what, we, what may be in store. Or, hey, it's smacking us across the face by the end of it. Hey, I'm going to start listening to myself. Hey, I'm a leader. And hey, I'm going to show everybody how much of a leader I am. That's, why I, that's another reason why I like this episode, is that it's actually working through some of the problems from prior seasons for this character. Right? Because, I mean, like, as much as you loved Alicia, you didn't like Sharony, sad, mopey Alicia. And yes, we did see that in this episode. So I'm, I'm kind of citing some of the things you've said to us on the side, but it's the show trying to work it out. Like you can't just switch on, put on a switch and say, Hey, she's a leader now. No, you have to answer for the last several seasons. What, what, what's been going on with her character. You can't just turn that shit on and expect her to. And like, not only did, did they work it through, like they incorporated the fact that like she tried to lead, but she was, she didn't really believe in herself. She believed in this idea. She just assumed she had the message, you know, and that she got some Padre message and all that stuff. So first, let me ask a question. Sure. So she, keep, she keeps talking about, I got to get back to my people. I got to get back to my people. Are the people that Arno shows up with the people she's trying to get back to? Or is she trying to get back to living people? Who is she talking about? I think she's she talking about that? the sub because she needs, she needs to tell everybody okay. that, that Arno's not on board. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better because she also goes on to tell Paul, uh, basically, like, stay away from me. Like, everyone who gets near me dies, da 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 And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Paul, run for your life. Get away from her. And then, I love like, her to death, but I also love Carol, but I'm not hanging out with her in the woods. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly why you need an episode like this, isn't it? Because, like, she's not wrong. And at the same time, right? Just like Carol. She's not wrong. Right. So you can only imagine how she feels. She's tortured by this. I mean, you see this in Carol in season 10. Like, oh, God, yeah. I, I'm like a cancer. Please avoid me. After us screaming at her for the most of season 10, we're like, <laughs> she's like, oh, she finally heard us. Oh, shit. She's like feeling shitty about herself. And then Lydia taking her and putting her, it's like, it's okay. It's all right. I appreciate you for who you are. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Well, and that's not even the first time we see Carol feeling shitty. But yeah. I don't know. Like, okay. And I, I want to say this too, because as much as I love Alicia, I don't know that I would choose her as a leader, to be honest. That's what I, I mean. And that's, that's part of the expectations I, I was attributing that most people attributed to her. Oh, Alicia's a leader. She's the queen. Blah, no. blah. Thank you. That's exactly what I mean. Because we're attributing yeah. something to her that isn't earned. That she I hasn't earned. Well, because she's a main you... character, she should be a leader. That's exactly what I'm saying. look back. I, see, I disagree. Because I think if you look back at season three. Please disagree. Alicia, I want to hear more. You know, when they're on the ranch. Mm-hmm. I think I see some yes. really strong leadership qualities in her then. Yes. Where she wants to play the middle ground. And it's like, Madison wants to take it too far to one side. And, and like, um, Otto's like, taking it too far to the other side. And like. You know, there's she's walking more of the middle, right? Where I think I think she really, especially after Otto's family is then gone, and you know Madison's off on that run, and then she has to get all the people like to safety while the herd is coming and stuff. I think she showed some really strong leadership qualities there, especially in that bunker when she's got to make all those mercy killings. I mean, that was like you got to think she's how young and 
there are much more qualified, older people people there that could have done it, and she stepped up. Right. So I think we've gotten so far away from that, Alicia, like how she was then, that I think it's easy to be like, no, 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 she's not. I think if we took a look at that, Alicia, it would it would make sense. It would just click for her to yeah. be leader. But right. she's, yeah. she's but not like even, that even Alicia from Close Your Eyes until now is not the same person. Even in Close Your Eyes, when she had every reason to react in an emotional manner towards Charlie, I feel like if that had happened now, she would have killed her. She was in a better spot mentally and emotionally to deal with Charlie then than she is now. Like, I, I almost feel like we're watching Alicia unravel. Yeah. So you know how I said I kind of wanted to peel the onion on this episode mm -hmm. a little bit? Yeah, gonna, let's, let's jump into it. it. So I agree that she has unraveled in some way. And I was kind of trying to piece together. They say in the episode Insider, and then also you can tell just from watching it, that obviously the feeling is meant to be disoriented. Upon first watch, and even a little bit of my second watch, I kind of felt like, okay, is this a dream? Is this whole episode mm. a dream? Right, because the beginning of the episode, okay. when she talks about how she got there, she runs into that little girl. I said the same thing. <laughs> and then, at the end of the episode, she runs into the little girl. It's the same exact scene. If the lighting is the same, she's running, it's the same. So I was like, mm -hmm. did any of this happen then, in between? Yep. Or was this all one big dream, and the story isn't even real? Paul's not real. She didn't have this interaction with Arno. Now, there is the gunshot in Arno's hand at the very end of the episode that does kind of clue you in like, okay, some something happened. Maybe it's this. Maybe it happened before and we didn't see it because there was a time jump. And maybe she, in her like fever dream, is trying to like sort everything out. So I was kind of thinking of that. And then also I noticed that Arno really is the representation of all of Alicia's mistakes, her upsets, her failures in the past, everything that she doubts in herself. He is representative of that. And Paul is representative- Every reason that she should doubt herself. Yes, but right. but he is, he's just like, he is an amalgam, not amalgamation, an amalgam of all of that. And Paul is all of the hope, all of the hope, all of the love, all of the looking forward to the future and, and seeing that I can do this, He's all of that. Or believing so in yourself, two, essentially. Yeah, so these two polar characters are there. And so that's why I was like, is this real or is this meant mm. to be just kind of a summing up of the battle that Alicia's been going through that's been internal, that has not been given any exposition or anything. So we haven't seen any of this. We've just seen her incapable, acting crazy, you know, and it went from like badass Alicia who could do anything, who could kill an entire herd by herself with her hands. Like we went from that to like sniveling, I can't kill any walkers, I'm painting only now, and Strand, I need you to protect me, to now this. Like I'm I'm crazy and I'm following a walker because I believe so like she's completely unraveled. So I was like, was this even real or was this just all just to give you exposition of the thing that's been going on. Right, or, or like maybe that's a, a physical representation of the infection she seems to have too, or whatever. Like, but the more the more you started talking, the more I was thinking, okay, she, she collapsed in a barn. She doesn't know she's in a barn. What if, if not anything, the Wizard of Oz represents? Like this is the Wizard of Oz, well, Oz redux, right? Because <laughs> walk with me here because now it's suddenly I hate that you you said this because now I'm gonna well, I'm gonna go into it because the barn falls on top of the wicked witch of the west 
And then you meet certain travelers along the way. And Paul, I go Tin Man, or I don't know. But like the the girl that she sees is in pigtails. Also, like Dorothy was in pigtails. Okay, here we go. Even Dorothy in her dream in the, in the Wizard of Oz, she sees a picture of her family together, and you see she's a, she sees a picture of her family together in the second dream that she finally has, where she sees herself. So there's credence to that. Okay, but see, like you can say that it is real. Okay, you can say the whole thing is real, and narratively, that's what you're supposed to get out of it too. Like these people are avatars of who she's supposed to represent. Because I'm I'm not comfortable saying 100% that it's completely fake. Because I think that would piss people off a little bit. Like, oh, but he seemed so real. <laughs> well, I mean, it did make me happy because I really liked Paul's character. Yeah. But also on the other side of it, I was like, well, then Paul didn't really die. And then I don't have to feel like shit about that. So, you know, but, to but me, But Paul can't like... be real if it's a dream, right? Or or is he like somebody she may have thought she had met sometime in her or past? Or did she see a picture of him at some point? Or did, is it just something her brain put together? Like, and there's no telling. And I mean, I was kind of, at the at the end of the second watch, when I saw that Arno's hand had the hole in it, I was kind of like, okay, like, maybe it really did happen. But I started to kind of hang on to that. Like, I like this interpretation of this. I like if it's if it's more this, like, cerebral thing instead of this actual thing that happened where we're just repeating the same kind of story again. I can't do it. I'm, I can't do it on my own. I don't trust myself. Uh, and someone comes along and says, you can trust yourself. It's okay. Like, why do that again? Like, I just, <laughs> I just felt like, and see, now I'm, now I'm getting into the negative. I'm like digging down. If I, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't have this outlook, then I didn't like the episode. This is this the main critique though, right? This is the main critique that most people have. Why are we doing the, I can't, I can't believe myself character development from Alicia. And Sharon D has brought this up, I know. Sharon D, as everybody knows, Sharon D loves a strong female lead. It's her thing. She loves a strong <laughs> female character, right? Someone who is just, who comes in full force, like force in nature, badass, takes everybody by storm. And Alicia is supposed to be that. So for her what, to continue- But that, doesn't that go back, back to my comment way. though? Like, is she though? Is she supposed to be that? Because well, you have like only a couple places in her history where she kind of demonstrates that. And then we attribute her as a leader automatically. Well, and then maybe that's more of an issue of like a, we as an audience assumed she would fill the vacuum that Madison's character left. That's exactly it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Sorry, I cut you off. I just I just feel like no, you said okay. something and I was like, wait, wait, okay. wait. But what do we just say? Okay. No, and there's nothing wrong with that. On Obviously, there's nothing wrong with her being that, but she has to be that. And she has to be that consistently. But that's why I like her now. I like her because she's not, it's not as simple as taking on the mantle. It's not, it's not enough to assume it. Like she has to show it. And I like the fact that she stumbled. How many of us have this fear? I'm looking at Rachel now. How many of us, how many of us have a fear that we just can't seem to get over? And I think with most, most people, that fear is ourselves. The thing that you want the most is hard to get. You have to work at it. And I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of succeeding. Some people are afraid of that too. Like, okay, what happens when I succeed? What will it mean for me? When I see Alicia, I'm like, okay, I'm glad that it's not that easy. I'm glad that it's not a switch that you can flip on. I'm, not, I'm glad that it's not assumed. And that's, that's kind of like, and I'm not arguing against any of your points. I'm actually using every point that's been pointed out as frustrating as it is. And it's frustrating. I'm frustrated, but I, I kind of like that I'm frustrated a little bit because that's, that's real to me. I identify with that so much. Now, I know I know what you're going to say, Rachel, that I just want my bad guys to be bad and my good guys to be good. A little <laughs> bit, right? But sometimes you want it to be simple. I just want my heroes and villains. 
I just want them to work. I just want things to work out. And like one of the big crit critiques that I have, but I also don't care about is, can we just get on with it? We have all this story. We have the nukes fell and Strand's tower, and we know what's going to happen. It's a confrontation. What's happening, guys? Can we just start this war that was called for in the last episode? No, we have to do work on the fact that Leisha is stepping into the leader role and now she's not ready for it. So we have to work that out first. Yeah. What do you, what do we call this? A mid, mid season premiere, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was also a little disappointed that, I, and again, I love Alicia. I feel like I have to say this every time, but don't come back after a break and focus on one character. Like, I was really upset not to see everybody, at least a little bit. That kind of bugged me too. Even though it was Alicia and I was like, I was excited. And then Sharon just saying like the same, hit, same exact hit after thing. hit after hit. <laughs> Don't make it a mid-season premiere. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But like part this should like, se like 710 should have been the premiere and then 709 should have been 710. Like they should have just flip-flopped those two episodes, I feel like. I mean, at least we got a little bit more, a little bit like more. Like one or two other people. Yeah. <laughs> Right. right. But even that, I think that people would not have liked that either for the same reason. You get a couple more characters, but that's it. It really just focuses oh, I, on the one character. You think I was mad at this episode? Just wait till we cover 710. Ho, 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 Which, you know, <laughs> I like that though. I like that you have this opinion because it's the, old, the first time I've heard anybody say that 710 was worse than 709. I just have one huge problem with it and we'll we'll, 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 get, we'll get there when we'll we cover it, it. Yeah. we'll get there i have jasmine's take but i'm not gonna even chance it at this point i didn't upload it to the media board i didn't oh. edit it and i have a feeling that it's something stupid because it was a very small file it's like this episode sucked how you saying so bad oh man jasmine come on she said some very interesting things no, and i'm glad we're kind of centering this on feelings first because that's most of what what the takeaway is from this episode is like, how do we feel about this episode in terms of the arc? How do we feel about this episode as a stand? Actually, maybe that's a good question to ask because I want to ask you guys as a standalone episode, thinking nothing about the arc, was this a good episode? Was there something beautiful about them working them, their things out despite the technicals? Yeah, uh, if oh. this was just on its own and I'm not thinking about where the story is going. Yes, yeah, yes. I, I did. If I can forget about every other episode, like, yeah, if this were a movie, I probably would have enjoyed it. That's, that's exactly, that's why I grade it the way I did, because I, I really yeah. like as a stand, because it's, it is an anthology but style episode. But it, but it's part of a season and like every episode, this is a common gripe I have. Every episode should move your story forward. And I just don't feel like there was, for me personally, there was not enough movement. Like you said, like, just start the damn war already. She gets in Strand's face. We're going to war. But then she's like, but, 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 but put your big girl pants on and go. Knock down the door. Is, is that well, any I way think... to talk to somebody who has mental illness? I'm kidding. <laughs> I think, I think we're going to end up getting a time jump. I think we're going to end up getting a time jump this season. Well, we're, const we're constantly time jumping, though. Because she la she's leaving now to go make Padre. And mm. that's when they're going to go to war once she has those people. So, like, we're going to have to time jump or we are never going to move forward with this. Well, we've been constantly time jumping through this, through this season by the way, like every yeah. few weeks, mm -hmm. every, you know, have, it's hard to tell where we are because of how many weeks at a time. And this is all the way from season six. We've been jumping through time, weeks and weeks at a time, months in some cases. But I, I, I would argue that this episode does move the story along. 
it's just not in the way people would hope is that and that's the problem you want to get yeah. on with it you want things to happen you want things it wasn't a big enough move there wasn't a confrontation there was but i think this needed this episode needed to happen in order to get to to get any further to be honest with you because again my my critique of alicia as a character is that she we needed to get some sort of the question was hanging in the air for many seasons already two seasons is too much of how do you get the Alicia that's taken a backseat to suddenly say, get to get back in the driver's seat. And I feel like the show is finally acknowledging the fact that yes, we are going to make her into a leader, but this episode is the first step in that process. You know, I don't know if there's going to be more of this exposition, like of this trying her trying to figure this out. And if there is, I'm hoping this is my hope because I'm, I'm going to allow it for this episode. I am because I like that. They're answering the question that we're working it out. That, that a, split, a switch didn't flip automatically on when she said, we're going to war. And I'm like, okay, well, is it happening now? Because clearly you're going through something. I don't believe you. I don't believe you when you say we're going to war. So this is the answer to that question. That's, 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 that's why I say I needed this episode for a little bit of lightheartedness. I needed it for her to physically represent the shit she's trying to work out in her brain with her body also. They're like internal matches the external. And I'm going to get into some technical specifics as well. Is this thing a sickness or is it just her brain? It's most likely a sickness. But, but again, what you said, Bridget, there is something about this episode that is almost ethereal. There's, that is almost, um, is it real? Is it not real? But it's probably both. There's some really surreal like terminology too that's used. Like I think of Paul and the instruments. And okay. I was like, is this broken? No, it's just out of tune. Right. Okay. It's like such a surreal, it was such a Twin Peaks, like that's such a like David Lynch line <laughs> to be like, nothing is broken. It's just out of tune. Like, but like to say it backwards, like, oh, by, like by the way, that. and by the way, way better than David Lynch, but I get the reference and I get why you, why you think that. I, sorry. I love David Lynch and on a level, but then a whole, on a whole other level, it's exactly the reason why you wouldn't like this episode. Cause yeah. David Lynch is kind of like, yeah, what's happening? Well, it's, it's all going cerebral, on? right? That's why, like, it's such a cerebral episode. Everything about it is so surreal, and it's all, like, is it all happening yeah. in her head, or is it real? And I, I doubt everything that we're going through. And then there's, like, all these little weird moments where, like, Arno shows up at the front door, and Paul asks him to take off his mask, and he does, and then he, like, fixes his hair. Right. This is, like, Arno, right. first impressions matter. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> like, oh, Arno, Arno is kind of like, and Arno is an interesting character as well, too. But um, no, I wanted so, to go back to Sharon's question because we, with all the technical okay. difficulties, she says, do you think, do you think it was supposed to be a reminder of damage from the inside and a reminder of what she did wrong with Dakota? I think it's a reminder of a lot of things she did wrong and not, for, it's not her fault. That's why I like her. <laughs> I like that she... In her good-hearted nature, she tried to protect Dakota. Alicia, with the information she had, she thought she was doing the right thing. Alicia, with the information she had here, uh, with the people in Teddy's bunker, with the information she had, she thought she was doing the right thing. This is what Paul was trying to tell her. You were trying to do the right thing. What? Why be, Why are you beating yourself up about it? <laughs> Another reason why I'm mad at Alicia. Yeah, well, you know, you've got your personal feelings. <laughs> Sharon D in the chat. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like I, I'm not annoyed by that. I, I, this is, again, these are, these are the questions that this episode at least attempts to try to square. Like you keep trying to do the right thing, but you lack the confidence to do those things, let's say. And, and maybe that's the answer to the question or kind of like Morgan. And maybe this is why you hate Morgan, Sharon D is that in spite of your 
best intentions and sometimes your worst intentions, as we see in this season, you keep fucking up. Yeah, and that is frustrating to watch. You know what I mean? And so that's why, like, you can draw some comparisons between Morgan to Alicia in this episode. And it's funny how, like, at the end of this episode, they're, they're the ones talking to each other. But I, I do like that they both kind of acknowledge their, or respect each other's autonomy and ideas and their intelligence and their ability to lead. I mean, it's in spite of the fact that they both make mistakes. And I think, I think that's authentic. Going back to this, like, these really weird, surreal lines, there's a couple little pieces I'd like to pick at. Even just the intro. Waking up with the earplugs, the like really loud music, but there's like a walker walking around. It was, that was really dream sequency to me. Paul is like, are you looking for your dad? You said, <laughs> you Padre, said Padre, you sleep a lot. You know, that was like really like a dream-like line where like someone would say that to you in your dream and you'd be like, oh, what the fuck are um, you talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the thing with the instruments, I thought, I thought there was a bare statement too on like, just the belief that no one is ever too far gone, you know, which has been like a constant theme throughout the show. No one is ever truly lost. You can always bring someone back. You can always repair. Like Madison. So I, I thought that was kind of the fact that um, this is the most vivid dream I've ever had when she's referring to her own dreams about um, the Senator Walker. Right. And then this is the one that really, it, I laughed out loud, honestly, when I watched this. So mm -hmm. When they're in the van, Paul is now dropped the stereo so for the second time the stereo is broken right. and he gets in the van reluctantly he's like i don't have a stereo like i lost it again and <laughs> and she's like we'll find another one and then you know they're like talking they're arguing and then it, she's like she says something like you didn't find but you didn't find a stereo like you know you're saying all this stuff about how it should be positive but you didn't find what you were looking for and he's like i just found it like and it he the, like points the, to it yeah okay she turns and whips her head so fast and she's like, Luke, you got lucky. And I was like, what is that? Like, why were you so, like, you're so emphatic and it was so out of place for that conversation that I thought it's the way you would act in a dream. These were the things that, like, really got me where, you know, things like his line about nobody ever makes great music imitating others. Like, those are things that your brain would kind of like that's real by knit the way together this is somebody who played who's played music it's so yeah, real well, make I mean, it yours it is, yeah. it is true it's nobody true. nobody likes an imitation you don't no. make it anywhere by imitating can i touch on that though a little bit like the you got lucky part i actually glommed onto that line for a sec because we keep talking about like and this is this goes to some of the criticisms as well like you could look at paul and say how did this guy make it how how do you make it this long like without hearing a thing but then I keep thinking back to every single character in the Walking Dead universe. The only reason why you're here is luck. The only reason. I don't care how capable you are. Like half, half the people in the Walking Dead universe are not capable or they don't look capable on paper. The fact that you're here is pure luck. And there's nothing wrong with that either, by the way. It's what you do with that luck afterwards. How do you operate in the world after you've been given this chance? That is the thing I like. And then a nuclear bomb goes off. And that, that was, that's the punchline is that... Then a nuclear bomb comes off. It doesn't matter how ready you are or how fit you are to survive. The fact that you're here is luck. Always. <laughs> Always. Well, and that's and that's when he loses all of his hearing. So yeah. like he so maybe the most was able to like kind of scrape by before yeah. that. Yeah, and he yeah. he lost everything. He lost his wife. Like, okay, you lose all your hearing. Okay, at least I have my wife. You don't have your wife even. And the last thing you hear is her screaming. And the thing that I like the most about this is he keep, still keeps going. Despite the fact that it's in a dysfunctional way, there's no reason for him to live. 
at all. Then when this person comes into your life and gives you the opportunity to do something, to have a function or have a purpose, like sometimes people wonder why you see somebody eke out in existence and all of a sudden something comes around. Was all of that just to make it to this moment to help this person out? I'm not saying that that's the case, but sometimes it does happen. Like, right? Like, why does somebody have to go through so much shit? And you realize that that's, that's the reason why, just to help this one person get through a, a tough moment. My belief on that is, like, completely different, though. I don't oh, believe okay. in love. So to me, everyone is here for a purpose. Even in this... Well, that's what I'm universe. saying, though. That's, that's all I'm everyone saying. Everyone is here for a grand, like, a grander... There's a grand design, and there is a purpose for everyone being here. And so, yeah, like, I, I mean, look at our own lives. Like, we all go through shit, and it sucks. And, like, and we go through pain. And But, like, doesn't it make you a stronger, better, more empathetic person to other people? And maybe that had this little effect to something way over here that I don't even get to see the end results of? Well, and that's what kind of, like, goes to Rick's dream-like conversation with Sasha, right, in season nine episode five i think it was before he leaves the show everything that we do everything is to push the people we love forward you know so and even if you don't know that you love them yet <laughs> i suppose like with paul and alicia and, and like what a way to go like you don't often get the opportunity to kind of not right the wrongs but like fix something like i couldn't do anything for her but i can do something for you if the voice is in your head you know screaming like you get the opportunity to kind of use that voice and say I'm going to use that voice to help this person out because maybe I can help her reach her family and give her a better life than I couldn't give to my wife, let's say. So yeah, you're right. I, I'm not saying that everything is going to be like that. And I don't think life is often like that too. I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I don't pay attention that often, but I don't know. I, th I, think, I still think it's beautiful. I still think I, I can acknowledge and appreciate that. You, you talked about funny things that are said in this episode. What is the first thing that Paul says to her when she breaks the stereo in the beginning? What did you do? Right. Why that? <laughs> Why that specifically? Like, well, is that the first thing you say to somebody? Like, what did you do? No, bitch, I know what you did. <laughs> you broke my stereo. But why use that word? Those sets of words. It's perfect because literally it's Alicia telling it to herself. What did you do? What did you do to your people? The people you were supposed to lead. What did you do? You killed all your people. That's what you did. It's not just about the stereo. It's the perfect reflection of good intentions. I'm trying to save this man's life. But at the end of the day, you destroyed his very reason of being. <laughs> you destroyed everything that helped keep him alive. Because he said it in the episode. He's like, this is the only reason why I'm alive. <laughs> it's like, otherwise there's no purpose in my being. I think it would have been a lot easier to just find the damn power button than it would have been to grab the thing and pull it off the shelf. But it, she was like in a state of disorientation. So she's like, I'm not, it's, there's no time to find the button. I'm just going to push on the thing. Most power buttons are in, in the same spot on things like that. I'm just saying. It wouldn't have taken that much extra brain power, Alicia. Well, and I love that she was like, what's wrong? Like, why didn't you hear me? <laughs> Because he can't hear anything. I was screaming at her, and I'm like, because he's deaf, you dummy. Hello? <laughs> Who sits and just listens to music that loud? Uh, no one. Because She's like, what? You can't hear it. He can feel it. Dumb. You sound like an idiot right now, Alicia. You just need to just shut it. Well, I, I was really I actually, disappointed. All the more really... reason why she's, why, uh, why she's interesting to me right now. Because I want to <laughs> know really... what, I, I feel like what, I'm feeling what she's going through. That's the thing. She's making it clear that she's not in a good place mentally and physically. Physically. I felt that. Did you not feel like how physically fucked she was in terms of disorientation and, and weakness? I felt weak looking at her. 
When was the last time you remember seeing Alicia in a good place? Uh, good question. That's kind of like what I'm minute. saying. Yeah, right. In her flashback. So, so her, wouldn't uh, it weird dream sequence? So wouldn't it be a long time? So wouldn't it betray the character to suddenly switch on and be like a leader and strong and capable? Wouldn't it be like weird to see that? You need to see well, a resolution to that. There's got to be a switch at some point because that's what happens. You decide. You make a decision. You decide, and then you do it. It but, is a switch. It but, is that easy. But it's all, you not always in your power. And you do it. And that's what this episode is showing. It's not. It's not in as my power. As far as your 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 thoughts, though, like what she's thinking, like I can't do it. I can't do. It. No, you get over it. You <laughs> deal with whatever. I'm sorry. Maybe I don't know. You do what you needs to be done. You don't sit and throw a pity party. But then, how does that happen? That's the thing. It just doesn't happen. You put your big girl pants on. You say shit needs to get done, and you do it. But that's I have the, no patience for self pity. Sorry. No, no, and I, 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 I get that. I get that. But my my main gripe is like it would be cheap to the Alicia we see that we've been seeing for a while. Like, oh, would she just suddenly turns on? That doesn't make sense. We need questions that that need answering. I did really like that line that she says. I think it was she's talking to Morgan about how everybody has always had really big ideas around her, like strong. And so she hasn't people. had the room to have her own. And I thought, you know what? You're right. Like, I look back on the show and, like, she hasn't had room to have her own opinions. I mean, look back on season three when she when she tries to leave because she wants to do things on her own. Yes, yes, And then that's she right. just ends up right back with them. She gets, mm -hmm. like, there was, like, no room for she her She gets yay far go out. and goes back, yeah. Yeah, there was no room for her to go out and like forge her own like path. blaze her own trail. Like that wasn't an option for her. So or she just wasn't ready too. I mean, that's the thing. You think she's ready in season three. She makes you makes you feel like she's ready. But then, and this is why I like her. But she's not. That's fine. But is there's nothing like he's, like Rachel said. She's a high school student. So like yeah, I mean, I like young. that she feels that way. She's young, but on top of that, I think that has a lot to do with the dynamic of being in a family with an addict, too. And a strong mother. Yeah. Motherly presence. Mama you bear can't, presence. Like, can you leave? Because are you always going to think, is he going to be okay? And she's frustrated by this. It's like, she, he sucks out all the attention I could have ever gotten. Mm -hmm. Right? Because this is one of, your, one of the things you hated the most, Rachel. was like, she, I don't think she's a good mother. Fucking all the attention on this guy. Poor Alicia. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to make up for with this character. And so that, and that's kind of what I'm saying. It would be cheap for her to just suddenly go, oh, and I'm like just June and Morgan. I'm just like them. Like, no, you're not, bitch. You're not. And you can't just start becoming a leader just out of thin air. You have questions to answer. And I want, and I like that I get to see what that looks like. That's why I like this episode. And you know what? To pay the devil that his due or her or they, <laughs> maybe this wasn't this episode or a different kind of episode could have done that better. I don't know. It could it have been done differently. I don't know. This is how they decided to do it. But I still think it needed to be done. And this is the episode we got. And maybe there's another episode where we see another growth spurt. But there needs to be a growth spurt. There needs to be her honing in on her ability to lead. Her honing into at least listening to her own voice and forging, like you said, forging her own path. Blazing her own trail. I do hope then that we don't just time jump over that. I'd like to get an episode with her. And I like this concept of like finally going, you know what? Padre probably isn't real. And right. if it is, isn't it ruined? Like everything else in this world has already been ruined. So 
I like that she's like, you know what? No, I'm going to be Padre for the people who are also looking for something else. And so I hope that we get to see some of that. I don't want to just skip over that and all of a sudden she's got another group of people. I want to see. Right. I don't want to see a tedious build. You could montage some of it and it would be okay. Um, <laughs> right. Or do like a, I'm know, this far I in. I love and... a montage. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, just something. I want to get something where we get to see her grow as a person and be the leader that we have all just assumed she would always be. And that's what I always liked. As much as I wasn't all into her in the beginning, the side effect or the consequence of that is like, I kind of like watching this character grow. How often do you get to see, and yes, it's a slow motion thing. I've said this before too. It's slow motion, but I like it. You get to see a life have this arc. You get the steady trying to figure this out. What is it that gets me to live this long? Honey, it's luck. You, you just told it to Paul a second ago. It's luck that you're here. Shout out to Paul. Okay, Wawa, you are just a marvel of this day and age. The man learned how to play bagpipes for this. Yeah, I oh, like that awesome. fact. I'm talking dead, yeah. You I that. just, this guy, like, I just want to shout out to him. But, just an incredible actor who we have lost too soon from the show because he would have brought such a such a, a level of like i don't know he brought levity he's kind of like just, a dale do you, you kind of like he has that kind of like wizened yeah <laughs> he even yeah, has I this he, he doesn't have he even even has like a form of dale that. face right i could see that and i i loved <laughs> i loved that he had this disability but i loved that it was somehow different because i even while i was watching the show I, my mom is here for a visit and she doesn't watch any of this mm -hmm. so i'm watching it because i tell her i'm like i have to this is like a this job, job that i this is <laughs> a job that i pay to do um and i was like and i was like let me let me write you know i'm gonna write some notes so i i start watching it and i i'm like man this is like the third character there's now more than one character on two shows that they've gone with this hearing impaired situation but i liked that it was different he had the implant he was a musician, and so there's all these parallels to Beethoven. I just liked that one, that level of irony. The fact that the actor actually is a deaf musician is just perfection on top of that. I just loved that representation. I thought that was really cool. I know some people were like, like again, but like I thought it was cool and it hasn't been done on this show. And so I was appreciative of it. But also, like, that actor. Dude. I just like that he was a good character. How can you not cast him? <laughs> yeah. How can you not cast him? He was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he still had his the hearing device on, even though it was no longer functional. That's something I actually wanted to ask, too. Like, what good is it if it's not working anymore or if it doesn't form a purpose or f have a function, let's say? Or I just thought maybe he held up, he kept it on as a sense of normalcy. Even though it didn't work, it was something that was normal that should be there even though it wasn't working right right because he said he couldn't well, hear right and he's yeah he okay. couldn't but he is the epitome of hope so is it not and just then hope? That, and then that makes me wonder like okay so like did the battery die right when the bombs went off like is that why he couldn't hear anymore like i don't i didn't understand why that second was the moment he couldn't hear anymore. Well, he heard, he heard the, so <laughs> when, when the bombs go off, the, you you will hear a very big there's audible sound. Yeah, exactly. It'll blow out. There's a vacuum. There's a, depending on how close you are, it'll blow your eardrums out. And also that means but there's also. you didn't also, get the cochlear after the bombs went off. This was obviously pre-apocalypse. Oh, pre-apocalypse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was already losing his hearing pre-apocalypse, by the way. Well, he had, he had the cochlear. So right. he. He had to have surgery. Right. Right. 
exactly. So that's why I was confused why the, the when the bombs went off, like how did that affect the device? Why did the device stop? Well, if the device is set, him? if the device is set to a certain like degree of like hearing impairedness, mm. and, and now he's okay. blown out his eardrum, okay. and his ears are just done. Fair enough. But yeah. on top of that, then it's even if his ears weren't done, let's say they heal, it's still not set to that level. Right. So even if the hear loss was more profound, the the device wasn't set to handle that capacity of hearing loss. And there's also okay. like an EMP that I does like get it. released, by the way, when a bomb goes off. That's true. That's kind of what I was getting to. Yeah. I yeah. wondered if yeah. some nuclear. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know I don't a know ton. Things. I don't know a ton about <laughs> cochlear implants either. So like, it would be a value for someone who did have one or knew more about it. To My share. cousin has two profoundly deaf children, so I'm I know this much about cochlear implants. What, Christopher? I can't. Gonzalez has asked, "Have we discussed the young girl in the gas mask yet?" Barely. <laughs> we hardly did. Yeah. I don't have a ton to say about her. I the only thing that we did what say is there to say was the she wizard. Of I thought it was just. <laughs> well, I thought it was supposed to be like a representation of like a younger Alicia. Well, it was also like something we'd said earlier, which was she kind of. Represents the Wizard of Sorry. Oz reference with the pigtails and everything like that. If you had to put, a, you had to pinpoint what you thought, who you thought that was. Is it a new person or is it a kind of representation of Alicia? What do you think? Uh, so Charity says, I think it's a young Alicia or young Charlie. Well, what do you guys think? Yeah, I thought it was young Alicia. Uh, and there's that line at the end that she says, if you can help me, I can help you. Right. Yes, I think exactly. Was what it was. Yeah. Well, she says, I will be, I'll, I'll be okay. Essentially. If you can help me, maybe mm -hmm. I can help you. Yeah. So she yeah. has to feed her inner child in order to, I don't know. That's why I say she's I real. Like, Trust yourself and you'll be okay. <laughs> Chris says it's young Madison, but he's just kidding. Young <laughs> Madison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spinoff series. It's going to be <laughs> young Madison. It's like young Sheldon. <laughs> except They made twisted. a clone of Madison and it's her younger. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, like Mitchell says, I was so confused by the double Alicia thing. It happened. And I was like, what is happening? Is there three Alicia's now with what's going on? <laughs> but I, I really, I think she is real and maybe she's, <laughs> this is going to be the, the cop out answer, but maybe she is that representation of everybody that's out there waiting for her, her to help too. I'll be okay. If you can help me, maybe I can help you. So if you can help the people out there, maybe they can help you back. So that could be the answer to that question. The, Cause Alicia um, asks if you are okay. First. Yeah, that line made me think of the take what you need, leave what you don't thing for some reason. We can all help each other. That's what it really reminded me of. You know what? That's funny. Chris, I like what Chris says here. Uh, didn't her voice kind of sound like the voice from the Madison Reveal trailer? It had sort of, some sort of distortion to it. Ooh. Could be. Or maybe that's the... Interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know what? This could be an interesting reveal of a new group that's out there to the same group that may have Madison, let's say staticky voice that's on the radio saying what's your name that's not your name anymore in the madison teaser trailer i want to move on to beethoven though because there's some very interesting Excuse tidbits me, it's pronounced beethoven oh i thought it was beethoven <laughs> <laughs> oh i thought it was beethoven <laughs> so anyway beethoven said okay as was said in the episode, this is the fourth and final movement of Symphony, symphony Number no. 9, which was his last symphony ever. What the Ode to Joy is, and what it's supposed to represent, is peace between all peoples. It's the official anthem of Europe. That's what that's supposed to mean, but that's clearly not what's about to happen. Peace between all peoples is not about what, what's, what's being intended here. 
is this kind of like a breadcrumb? Like it's the breadcrumb that of things to come that may be hiding in plain sight sort of thing. Like, oh, we're not seeing it for what it really is. We're just seeing it because it's this Paul character is full of hope and it, it represents a deaf character. But no, maybe it's something that's meant we're meant to see later on. That maybe it won't end in war. That maybe well, something could be worked out. Or is it a statement on the fact that he had said the arrangement isn't meant to be played that way? Well, what do you mean by that? Because that's specific. what he says. That's what he tells Rowan. So Rowan never gets to play the arrangement that she makes for the bagpipe of Ode to Joy. Because when she makes that arrangement, he's frustrated with the fact that he's losing his hearing. And so he takes it out on his wife as like all of us kind of do that, you know, take it out <laughs> on our spouses thing. She does not get to do it because he says that's not the right way to play that. Right. That's not how it's meant to be played. Right. And so I kind of like then that he's playing it at the end. One, it's like to commemorate her and her legacy, you know, as a as a musician and a person and as the person that he loved. But also, if it's meant to be about peace between all peoples, but it's being played the wrong way. Obviously war. That's what you mean. Yeah. Like it's the opposite then, huh. you know? Hmm. I, who I, am I right now? Am I like Dave? Why am I? Like, what is happening? What is that? That's is what, we Freaky Friday? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Chris, Rip, Rip Rowan, the, the best character we never knew. That's the, that's the <laughs> thing. I kind of like the beauty in that. Like the idea that I think a lot of us feel this way sometimes when we face like a hardship. It's like, I just kind of want things to go back to the way they were. And yet, like, what is The Walking Dead if not? You can't go back. This is not how that works. You have to be the person that you're meant to be now that things have happened. Paul's getting his, is finally stepping into the universe. And what does he do? He helps somebody else move further into that universe. There's something cool about that. In the moment he is playing the bagpipes, he's acknowledging that fact that like, it may not be meant to be played this way, but maybe it's, maybe I'm meant to play it this way now. Accept the help, honestly, is what he was trying to express to Alicia. Somebody's trying to help you. Take the help. This is your life now. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to give you an ode to joy, like ironically lost on him, I'm trying to give you joy in this world that you're living in now without any, with barely any sound. I'm, I'm helping you hear the thing that you can't hear. You think you're Beethoven? You're not Beethoven. <laughs> you can't smash the keys and hope to something nice is going to come out of it. This is your life now. So I'm just trying to help you live in that, that world. Again, he laments the fact that that could have been like the thing he could have heard of his wife before she died and and true to form like at by the end of this episode that is what he's hearing before he's his life is over is the thing that she was trying to give him joy you know by the end of it and I, I think that's kind of beautiful and if you look really closely while he's playing the, the bagpipes and obviously he's crying he's crying not just because he's hell he's crying because i hear it maybe that maybe i hear it i feel it and i think i like that he doesn't know arno is behind him he doesn't know what's about. He knows what's about to happen. He doesn't know when it's going to happen. He doesn't see him. But there's that that little cutaway when you see Alicia running. You can actually see him fall in the window. You know, it's like my on my third watch, I'm like, oh my God, you actually get to see him fall. I won't lie, I teared up. It's like a character that I didn't think I was going to love so much. And so I was just like, no, not precious, sweet angel baby Paul. <laughs> angel baby <laughs> uh, uh, Charity says, I highly recommend more to Beloved about Beethoven. Or Beethoven? Or be, 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 how did you say it, Bridget? How did you say it right? I said Beethoven. Beethoven? But Beethoven is way better. <laughs> I like Beethoven. 
<laughs> Beethoven. Oh yeah. So there's another little factoid about Beethoven that I'm gonna say it like that. By because by the end of his career, he was trying to he was struggling between balancing his Who? creative independence. Mm. <laughs> His creative independence with his financial stability. Obviously, the, the composers and painters, all those people from that time, they weren't wealthy. They were struggling, balancing the creative independence of composing and always being on the hook for, for the next gig, you know? And these people don't compose things, generally speaking, and make it really big. But then balancing also like his natural, you know, a person's natural impulses against higher ideals too. Doing what comes natural and, and visceral and, and, and real against like, you know, thinking in greater terms, like fraternity, love of oneself, love, forgiveness, uh, higher ideals like free speech and, and free expression and things like that. So like balancing things like that against like what we can do with power, let's say, ugly things. What is that Beethoven, if not like the Walking Dead universe? Like we're always trying to navigate between what is practical, what is convenient, what is comfortable versus higher ideals. Like what can I do for you? How can I help you? What can we do together to make something better? How can we thrive in this in this apocalypse together? So I, that's that's a cool little factoid about Beethoven as well. Oh, did you catch this little detail? Obviously, Paul gets shot in the stomach as he's holding his bagpipes. Did you catch the brief flicker of how he patches the bagpipes? Because oh, there's a hole in the bagpipes. I did not. I the, saw it's like laying near the walker. The walker that's on the floor in the shot as he's as he's playing the bagpipes. Right. If you look really closely. There's fresh blood streaming down from the walker's face. He patched the hole in the bagpipes with the walker's skin off his face. They duct taped it together. That's a, it's a oh cool detail you would have missed if you didn't really look closely. Well, because aren't bagpipes made from like... The bladders of... Oh, right? Yeah. 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 So That makes sense. Isn't that cool? I like that. That yeah, is cool. Very implied. I know Rachel would like that. <laughs> I mentioned it. So there you go. Nice. But just like there are big voices always trying to not compete for leadership, let's say necessarily like obviously leadership is often like traded hands or everybody has something to say or has an idea. And sometimes people do butt heads like June and Morgan had that one instance that Charity spun into a yarn, which created a nuclear reaction of its own because I don't agree. But, <laughs> but Alicia's had a bunch of people in the series cheer her on as well. Now that's like, Think guys like Ed Gain that show up in season six, where he's like, just forget what you're looking for. You're never going to find it. You, you're going to keep trying to building, trying to build a safe space. It's not going to work out the way it is because you're you're going backwards, just like I did, to try to recreate the circumstances to which to save everybody. That's not how you're going to do it. <laughs> just like Ed Gain, there's Paul. Paul's telling her, listen to your own voice. Listen to yourself. Don't try to retread the steps of the past concentrate on your own voice. Maybe this is something that you've been trying to do all along, but you probably couldn't hear it until you were sick and having these fever dreams. Two men that just waft into her life and waft out. I, but I like that there's a return for that too. Like, okay, you're, you're doing this wrong again. You're doing this wrong again. Listen to yourself. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so Sharon, says he was shot in the same place Ed was impaled. Also, Rick was shot too, okay? Rick was shot in the belly one too many times. Rebars, all that stuff. That, that poor fucking guy. Uh, Chris says, Alicia needs to take her, take her own advice from season three and not try to build her own place. Yeah, no place is safe. We kill for it and we die for it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what they're saying to her, too. Like, Isn't that well, interesting? Because we're also dealing with that in The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is, is Hilltop worth it? Right. Or is or are the people what 
what you should be fighting for. Which is what Maggie finally figures out. There is no safe place, so. It's all you can do is take care of your people, period. Yeah. So, which answers like a question that we've constantly asked on the show. Is there a safe place? No. <laughs> it's a, there's no safe place. But you have to accept that. So maybe Padre is in a place, kind of like what Alicia's alluding to. Maybe Padre is just a movement, let's say. How that movement happens, I don't know. So, and that leads me to another thing, a crazy brain thought. That because sometimes we have to talk about crazy brain thoughts like that don't make any sense. But like a thought occurred to me when it came to the senator, right? Because we don't want to think that Alicia did all this for nothing. The part of us is kind of like, what the? No, I think all of us has, has expressed this at one time or another. But like, what are you doing following a walker? What the? Are you stupid? Are you just dumb or are you crazy? I'm crazy. Right. Yeah. But then I thought to myself, what if like the senator has something in him that he transmitted to her that wasn't the the virus but was something else maybe like an std but like, I would like, <laughs> like what but like something that's making her react what if the senator wasn't meant to be followed but was meant to be like there's something in his blood that has some sort of secret again i told you it's crazy brain thoughts like but what if there's something in his blood or something in him that <laughs> zabies what it's what are zabies rabies but zombies rabies. that's the oh virus <laughs> but like nice can, one, can you tell me you didn't have a crazy brain thought like this like but what if she's bit with something that's different than the virus no i don't like it why not because it is complicated i don't like it i don't like it because i don't want it that i don't want to ever know where it came from i don't ever want it to no this solved. is something different I just not the not the virus. This is I'm talking about like talk about like nanites and sci-fi shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm just talking about sci-fi shit. No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no. I think she just needs to sit her ass down, take a really long nap, and let. Let's take a Motrin, like it. a long nap. <laughs> Go plenty, to sleep. Plenty Go of sleep fluids. <laughs> like Sharon D said <laughs> earlier, and not jokingly, not hashtag Zonaria. Like it could be malaria. It could be malaria. It could be something that needs treatment. Do you know what I mean? That that if left untreated could kill her or could be a constant thing that gets her sick. Like things that I've been I was reading up on was like latent symptoms of radiation poisoning, like you said in the beginning. I don't even know if there was this even made it in a recording, but you said um this could be something from season five. Uh, we never really addressed mm -hmm. the fact that, oh, the blood gets in her mouth and eyes and face and nothing happened and even if what Tom Celtic TSO on all the socials said, like, oh, nothing would happen. You've got to get it kind of from the source or it could be that latent mm. symptoms of radiation poisoning. You should worry if she stops feeling some symptoms because that's when your immune system shuts down. I just read that before we got on. Things like malaria where like, okay, you can have this constantly unless you finally treat it, which is like fevers, chills, disorientation, hallucinations, could be something like that. So great. So she's just going to have a fever forever now. Great. But one day she'll, she'll find June and June will know how to fix her. 710. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. We can't talk about okay. that yet though. Uh, I think Ian Andrew is kind of <laughs> trying to steer clear from season five nowadays. No, I actually don't think so, Chris. I think these episodes, I, we were saying this earlier. I think these episodes are an answer to season five. Slash season six, let's say. Maybe maybe a correction. Maybe not even. Maybe some course correcting. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be uncharitable, course correction. <laughs> but oh, I'm of the feeling. Oh. No, if, if you listen to one, 182, we had a conversation with Sarah Beth Pollock. And 
even then we were saying how now that season seven is coming around, it looks like this was the plan all along. That there was supposed to be a long arc where this this sort of stuff wasn't happening. That they're not making this up stuff up along the way. Like they knew they would be helming these episodes for a very long time, and they and they had this built up from the very beginning. That this was the roadmap. I don't know if they have the exact specifics because obviously Madison's coming back, and for sure they figured out that she was not <laughs> going to be coming back. And so they're if the course if there's any course correction, it's it's that Madison's coming back. That's the course correction. Uh, period. So. Which I'm not mad at, but does make things interesting if they are changing the game plan. <laughs> I am. No, no, I like season five too, uh, Sharon. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, I was just being a dick, I guess. No, you can say you didn't <laughs> like it too. That's fine. We, we accept. Well, no, I didn't. I don't dislike anything. It's just, it was just. But it was the weaker of, of, all, the, of all the seasons. <laughs> I love everything. I love everything Walking Dead, and I'll just, I'll just, just love it. I die loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Arno's left hand is shot just like Alicia's left arm. So mm. a little parallel too. He says in the episode, if I don't get it treated soon, I'll die. <laughs> so also <laughs> does sound a little whiny. I, wa I wanted to also bring up something that I don't know if I brought up on the stream before or in an episode, but Sharon, actually pulled out a really cool parallel between Arno on Fear of the Walking Dead and Arlo from Breaking Bad, it's played by the same actor. It was Better Call Saul. Oh, Better Call Saul. I keep saying that. Better Call Saul. Thank you. Yeah. And somebody said that the producer for this, was it the director for this episode, was the same as uh, either Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Oh, somebody yeah. was the same on Talking Dead. Not sure about that. Well, that I was not aware of. I feel like somebody had said that, yeah. or producer. But I just wanted to see if there was a similarity between the two characters, Arno and Arlo. Arlo is like a lookout kind of person at like a he's the money person. man yeah so he he's, takes the money and he signals to the person who's up in the window like mm -hmm. how much they bought and then the person up in the window mouse funnels it through like a drain pipe gotcha and then they pick it up in the alley and then they leave so kind of a dirt bag so like, <laughs> so like gotcha. there's your parallel <laughs> it's a funny story i was called arno because i did that in better call Saul a long time ago <laughs> low level drug dealer gotcha <laughs> It's Arlo's twin brother. We finally got another set of twins. No, no, it's the same guy. Same guy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just change his name slightly. Slightly. It's a funny story, though. Victor hangs up on him. He's like, fuck he's getting away from the. He's getting away from the drugs, so he ch had to change the letter. I mean, thing. he's ambitious, you know? He's like, fuck this. Arlo did not work out for me. Arno. No one will know me. Yeah. I go by this name now. Let's just change our fate by changing our In the zombie name. apocalypse, I'm really concerned yeah. about his street cred. So <laughs> let me ask you something about Alicia's decision to be Padre and that whole conversation with Morgan. What, what, I know that you can have, someone might have criticisms, but I felt like that was a, we've had moments like this between Morgan and Alicia before where like Alicia's questioning Morgan's leadership and Morgan's style of leadership in season five. Talk about irony. Uh, we're at the end of an episode and now she's questioning herself and what, or not questioning herself, but she's, she's deciding for herself where how to go through this and morgan's kind of like saying yeah yeah almost to say like i've been waiting for you to do this i've been waiting for you to step up and take the mantle what did you think about that moment i was irritated because i was still hoping padre was an actual place or thing <laughs> or something i've invested way too much energy in padre for them to be like well just kidding <laughs> but what if it is a place 
I would, that would be great. I would love that. I would love for something to actually happen with Padre besides Alicia being like, I'm Padre. Um, I think it'd be a cool way to tie it together with like maybe movies later on or like a different story arc that like Padre ends up being an actual thing and like maybe they find more documents or whatever. What if the people that are holding Madison are like Padre, let's say, a cadre of okay. Padre? Cool. <laughs> at this point, I'd be happy with anything to just give up on Padre. That's annoying to me. That I, is, that's I, was, a, I was annoyed. I, I'll admit I, I, that is a little bit annoying to me too. I yeah. mean, think of all the people that were banking their hopes on Padre, too. Yeah. That even is, if even if even if they find it and it's like destroyed, like, oh well, didn't work out for that, these people. That their Padre didn't work something. out. Yeah, yeah. At least it's like <laughs> answers. It's something. So Chris asks a really good question, actually. So was it Alicia making the calls over the radio that people were hearing talking about Padre? I don't think so. Oh, like Mickey? Like how Mickey heard yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Remember what we said about Mickey before uh, at the season finale or so the mid-season finale? <laughs> like she heard that Alicia was that following Alicia, oh, following a walker and she's like, yeah. I'm out. That's it. I'm out. I'm not on the show anymore. I'm not following <laughs> crazy one, pants to our doom. One-handed crazy <laughs> girl following a paint-covered walker. <laughs> or whatever that was, we're, right? We're live. We're live, Rachel. Don't <laughs> say things. Wait, you're saying the walker with white face? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> nope actually wasn't even that bad oh like okay. semen gotcha yeah i was uh, gonna say come covered walker <laughs> whatever i would have kept that in are you kidding me <laughs> the woman yeah. from episode yes that exa does sound exactly crazy. chris yeah so yeah i so i don't think that was alicia personally but then who was it and what was it at that time she would have been still down in teddy's bunker or 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 were they dealing with the fallout of the bunker at that time. It's clear that some of the people that Victor dispatched in the first episode were some of the followers from the bunker. Because Will says as much, oh, those were peop the people from down there, from the bunker. Mm -hmm. so, but we don't know if Mickey had already escaped at that point. She may have been no, out I, in the world somewhere. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, there's that nebulous point within like the three months that we skipped. Uh, so who knows? Oh yeah, because then we meet Will, and there was a that was a significant time jump. Yeah, exactly. More than a few weeks. It's it's like an open secret, whatever this padre is. And mm -hmm. then there's also the tapestry, right? Mm -hmm. We have to address the tapestry. And the tapestry was of Alicia following a walker. Mm -hmm. We didn't understand it. It was an infinity symbol, etc. Padre. So it could well be, have been because they had a transmitter. It could well have been that they were the ones putting padre out into the air. So we just solved that issue. And thanks to Chris, by the way, and I'll I'll credit him by chatting up with him on reddit but and that's another thought that actually occurred to me that like she not only led those people to her death to their deaths so she, she's feeling that guilt she's not she feels like she let her people down when she got caught by teddy she wanted to get back to her people she was frustrated but then i thought this really dumb thing maybe even the fact that she didn't even live up to what teddy thought she could be was also a little bit like not only could i not get back to my friends not only did i kill all of teddy's people but there's like the, even though i thought teddy was a fucking asshole <laughs> and totally wrong the fact that maybe i could have been the thing he thought i was and i'm not is just like a punch in the face <laughs> like <laughs> the dumbest dumbest critique thing of myself no, i think I think if I if I were Alicia right now, I would not be trying so hard to be a leader. Like I'd be like, mm, my track record's not so great, so I'm gonna take a back seat and let someone else like tell me what to do. Like I'm a fighter, I can fight, I can do that, I can kill walkers. She's good at that. 
I can follow, but I can't read. Yeah. So sit back and take instruction. Like she doesn't need to be a leader. You don't have to lead. You can just support your group. Let someone else make the decisions. And that's, that's what I like. I like that you said that because that's the natural response is to kind of go backwards, right? To kind of retreat into what works, but she doesn't do that. And you could critique that obviously, and you should, (laughs) but this is what makes her extraordinary in my book. Now I'm starting to pay attention even more. Like I've always been paying attention. I've always been trying to see this progression, this inch by inch progression, because nothing works when you radically change. Nothing works when you radically shift in your character. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That's not how life works. Life doesn't work by flipping a switch and all of a sudden everything is okay. But like when you have this shift in character and then you're trying to do something as a result of that shift, that's when I'm paying attention. Like when you do the thing that normally other people wouldn't do, retreat as a result of taking many hits. Now I'm paying attention. It's like Rocky. Was it Rocky Balboa? The, not the fourth Rocky movie, but I think it was the sixth where Milo Ventimiglia is on there. Do you remember Milo Vent- really? Ventimiglia? For, yeah, from, uh, I didn't know he, I from didn't Heroes. I he was on the, in those movies. From Gilmore Girls, excuse me. Gilmore Girls, <laughs> Heroes, and uh, uh, This Is Us. Yeah, let's cover all the bases. Everybody's so insulted that I said heroes. <laughs> you were you loved I, heroes I, when it first came out. <laughs> I did when it first came out. I actually much be on that. I actually loved it years and years and years later. I binged it when the whole series was done. And I said this to my wife the other day. First of all, the first Rocky movie is art house. It is not at all what I expected it to be. Watching it as an adult, as a child, you're like, oh, boxing movie, cool. I get to see a hero rise. But as an adult, it's so much more artistic than I. I could have, I really had the brain for, but then I watched Rocky Balboa and this is him like in his, his latter years. He's, he's not all that great, but you know, he's trying to do whatever he can. He's, he's walking around the world as this champion fighter. And he has this conversation with his son. It is the most memorable line in the whole movie. And he says, you don't fall. You don't take the hits and fall. A man is judged by how many hits he can take and keep going. You got to watch just that clip. It is emotionally stirring, but in the greater context of the movie, it's even better. And so when I see Alicia taking the hits and deciding, I'm not giving up on myself. If I gave up on myself, they're, they're right about me or I'm right about how disappointing I am. And so I like do you that. Think, do you think by not taking a leadership role, she would not be moving forward? I think she can move forward and pick herself up and just take on a different role. She just doesn't have to be the leader. She doesn't have to be the one making the decisions. Like she has skills, utilize those. I don't understand why she's putting all this pressure on herself to be the leader. Why do you think your choices are better than anybody else's. We've seen Morgan make bad choices. We've seen a lot of characters make bad choices. So she's not alone in that. So I mean, everybody, everybody's that. made bad choices. Yes, yeah. everybody, Sharon. She's, she's acting like, I mean, she's acting a little bit like Morgan. Like, it's all on her. Oh, my God. Like, right. I have to fix the apocalypse. Like, calm down. No, you don't. <laughs> right. No, no. And I, 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 I can accept that. Also, but, I love Alicia. I know. I, I know. Wow, did we switch roles <laughs> from the beginning of... No. That's, did you guys have Freaky to, Friday? I, have to, I just have to like remind everyone that I actually really do love like Alicia. Every, every now and again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what, this is why, and this is why I like it. Now I'm paying attention because I feel like you're, you're earning those stripes for me. However this thing goes in the future, we're never going to know. They could well fuck with us again, and I don't know, and we'll be frustrated. <laughs> will be frustrated. And this is the part where you come in and say like, okay, they have a plan. I have to believe that what they're trying to do is something pretty awesome. I'm hoping. <laughs> but, 
I do trust the writers to get us where we need to go. Yes, I get frustrated sometimes when I personally don't feel like it's moving as quickly as I want it to. But then I remind myself everything they do in this universe is for a reason. And maybe they want us feeling frustrated right now. Maybe the point is to make some people upset and well done very well done well not necessarily <laughs> upset but like but frustrated like, frustrated this yeah. is You're frustrated. finally getting changes back so here's your f you before uh, <laughs> uh, i mean bringing her back is enough of an f you for me just like alicia has her saint christopher medallion at the end of it because then it, she gets it from will at the end walker will at the end let's find our way Let's use the patron saint of lost causes <laughs> to find yes. our way. The, the patron saint yes. of travelers. I know, I know. But I hope she does find her way. And I, I like that we're getting a little bit of payoff and questions answered. We can't automatically flip a switch and change is hard. Just like with everybody else. That's what I like. And if it, if it leads us somewhere, how awesome is that payoff? That's what I'm looking for. And I think the fact that we don't get answers now means that, okay, we've got seven episodes to tell that tale. <gasps> exactly. <laughs> So, if you like what you heard, for now, head over. <laughs> I haven't done anything with it yet. Head over to podcast.com slash squawking. We did get a rating recently, by the way, so that's really good. I'll be posting about that hopefully tomorrow. Exactly. One rating. But hey, use it as a springboard to tell us what you liked, what you didn't like about this episode. I'm hoping that this episode is actually really good after I'm done hacking and slashing away at it. Ooh, I feel but, so bad for you. But please so tell bad. us after every episode. Oh. And if you really enjoy what we're doing or what we're trying to do <laughs> with every episode, head out and eat probably even more so if it doesn't turn out the way I intended it to be or the way you thought it could be, please consider following us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead and just follow us. You don't have to buy us a coffee, although if you did, it would send an even bigger signal. Or you don't have to join a membership tier for just a, as little as a dollar a month. You just have to follow us. And when you decide to jump in on something, it'll let us know that you're paying attention, that we're worth doing this thing that we do. And hey, a little money never hurt anybody. We, we can always use it. And you will get perks for when you do join a membership tier. Rest assured, for as little as a dollar, you get to join our Discord and a whole bunch of other things. So, at the, especially at the base level. With that, everybody, I'm your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom09, the big return of Alicia Cosmom09 Clark. Hi. <laughs> Me and Alicia came back the same episode. Exactly. And Survivor's <laughs> Tier member, Bridget, X Prophecy Girl on Twitter, and Ain't, the, Ain't My First Roadie on, on Instagram. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. And wish me the best of luck yeah. take care, everybody we'll see you soon yes. and that's a Bye. wrap on instagram Bye. Bye. Bye.